Welcome to Day 172 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Camp here with David Keefe and Cindy Camp, mm-hmm. And we continue our journey through uh, Paul's letters, or Paul's epistles, as they are formally called in many circles. We have discovered something that's a little bit out of place in our reading program. Uh, we are reading Galatians for the second time. We read it in December, and mm-hmm. we are reading it again. And I texted David this morning, you know, asking, why are we reading Galatians again? Then I looked at, this has been my reading plan for the last several years. I guess you need Galatians twice. I did it. Uh, But anyway, Galatians was probably the first letter that Paul wrote. Mm -hmm. So we have followed in Paul's letters the order that we meet these churches in the book of Acts. And Galatians, or the region of Galatia, uh, southern, you know, Galatia, was the area that Paul and Barnabas went on their very first missionary journey. Mm And uh, they have talked about freedom in Christ, and as they have talked about freedom in Christ, no sooner than they find their way back home, then they realize that they're being followed by other teachers who emphasize bondage under the law. Mm-hmm. And of course, in Paul's mind, uh, the very purpose of the gospel was to release us of the bondage of performance based on works of the law, so that we may be free by the Spirit to be everything that Christ you know, created us to be. So we read Galatians for the second time, and uh, we will correct that next year in our reading plan, but it never hurts no. to read books of the Bible once or twice or three <laughs> times or four times. And, of course, this is this is foundational, you know, to Paul. This is the earliest expression in writing uh, of his theology. So before we uh, dig into Galatians for the second time, Mm-hmm. And uh, you can use this week to catch up for those of you. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you I hope we don't repeat you know, ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> I hope we're so much better than yeah, we were yeah, last yeah, time. Totally. You've probably learned a lot since then. You can compare it to December and decide which one yeah, is, 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 is the better part of it. Before we uh, read chapters uh, one and two of Galatians uh, together, let's offer ourselves in this moment to the Lord. David, could you lift mm-hmm. us up in prayer? Yeah, let's pray. And uh, Father, anytime we come to you and, and to your word, um, we ask that you would help fix our our hearts on you. Um, Father, in the busyness of life and schedules and to-do lists, um, we ask now that as we slow down and, and turn to your word, that you would meet us where we are. Um, as we look to Galatians, that um, you would convict us where we need conviction, that you would encourage us where we need encouragement, and, and that you would renew our hearts in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, help us to have fresh affections for, for Jesus and all that he has done for us. And may we live in such a way that speaks to the truth of the gospel. Um, we ask now that as we turn to your word, you would be with us. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Paul, an apostle sent not from men nor by a man but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers and sisters with me to the churches in Galatia. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion or trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? 
Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preach is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. For you've heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it, was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people, and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, my immediate response was not to consult with any human being. I did not go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went to Arabia. Later, I returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas and stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that what I'm writing to you is no lie. Then I went to Syria and Cilicia. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report that the man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy, and they praised God because of me. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas. I took Titus along also. I went in response to a revelation. In meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders, I presented to them the gospel that I preached among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure that I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. As for those who are held in high esteem, whatever they are makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. On the contrary, they recognized that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been to the circumcised. For God, who was at work in Peter as an apostle to the circumcised, was also at work in me as an apostle to the Gentiles. James, Cephas, and John, those esteemed as pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. All they asked was that we would continue to remember the poor, the very thing I had been eager to do all along. When Cephas came to Antioch, I posed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, You're a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile, not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know the person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we must be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners, doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I've destroyed, then I really would be a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Mm. Find an intensity in Paul in Galatians uh, that is uh, pretty extraordinary. Mm-hmm. His usual pattern in writing letters, and of course this is his first letter, so we don't have a usual pattern, uh, but his usual pattern is he introduces himself and he uh, addresses you know the group that he's writing to, the churches in Galatia. And then there's a prayer of thanksgiving. He immediately jumps into, yeah. I'm so astonished. What is, you know, is what, it, what yeah. is happening? You know, with you, and, and it's not a light matter of you know doctrinal differences because he said the gospel that they're introducing to you, that you can add anything to Christ in order to complete your salvation, mm-hmm. it is not even a gospel. Mm-hmm. It, it is a slavery, and they're spying out your freedom. And not only are they spying out your freedom, they're trying to make you slaves again. You know, to a standard that none of us could live up to. You know, apart from Christ, and it was more deeply frustrating to try to lift up to than it was enriching. And, and so Paul makes a, a huge plea, you know, for the gospel. Mm-hmm. And even in some of that language of you know verse six, where they're kind of quickly deserting, it does draw me back to even back in Exodus, like in Exodus thirty-two. There's that scene where Moses goes up and he comes back down, and they have this golden calf that they fashioned so quickly, right? And they've just forgotten their God. And we see this again happening here that they've just deserted the, mm-hmm. the gospel here. And again, seeing that in my own life as well, mm-hmm. there's that we can quickly desert mm-hmm. the yeah, gospel. No <laughs> what a great connection, you know, interbiblical connection. And, and we are astonished because you've mm-hmm. already they've already been read, you know, the stipulations of the covenant which yeah. is to have no other god before me and you shall not make for yourself <laughs> they, a graven image mm-hmm. and before god can come back with the rest of the book i mean before moses can come down the mm-hmm. mountain with the rest of the book of the covenant they're, they're uh, they, they, they already the broken right. the stipulations mm-hmm. where they said we will be your people and we'll be mm-hmm. and, and we are quick to desert uh, you know the truth of the gospel for things that are more tangible to us. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes legalism feels good. Mm-hmm. We want to know what to do, when to do, and to have somebody tell us, you know, everything, you know, that we need to do, rather than living in the wisdom of Christ through the Spirit. And uh, so sometimes there is security and you know moralistic, mm-hmm. you know, kind of lifestyle, rather than relying, you know, completely on Christ. And, then, and I think sometimes it's so easy, um, which I think we have to sh- search our hearts or search my heart to really see what is what am I allowing compete with the gospel, um, whether it's it's um, the study of God's word, theology, whether it's injustices, whether it's serving. I mean, those things are good, but if I ever elevate them to equality with the gospel or even worse, if I ever count them as gospel mm-hmm. or something that would save me. Then I've done the same thing as worshipped, you know, the golden yeah. calf. And, and of course, when we're talking gospel, we're not only talking about that which saves us, but that which sustains us. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's the whole idea of not only beginning in the gospel, but living by the gospel. Exactly. Uh, you know, that, that's at stake here. And you're so right. And there are a lot of good things that are results of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, certainly the desire to know God mm. through His Word as a result of you know the gospel, and certainly pursuing justice mm-hmm. is always you know a result. You know, the gospel serving other people mm-hmm. is a result of the gospel. But those things can become bigger than the gospel yeah. themselves, and they come for us a way of securing our salvation through works, mm-hmm. because we're great at theology or because we're pursuing justice Mm -hmm. or because we are such a consummate, you know, servant. 
And uh, that, that's when even the good things of the mm-hmm. gospel can become legalisms mm-hmm. you know, for us. Are there just personal acts of righteousness that tend to elevate us and, and maybe try to make us our own savior, which is so oh, scary. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's, it's salvation by works. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, from beginning to end. And of course, you know, poor Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. <laughs> Peter, oh, Peter, 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 Peter. We give him all this praise after the Gospels, right? Like, he yeah. denied Christ and he's yes. great. It's like, yes. oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Poor Peter, you know, and, and of course he says in his writings that Paul's uh, writings are also scripture, but they're sometimes very difficult to understand. Yeah. Yeah. I am pretty sure this was not one of the ones that was difficult no. to understand. No. How convicting. Uh, you know, that Peter, when he was in the presence of Gentiles, mm-hmm. and, and of course Peter was the first one, you know, you'll remember in the book of Acts, who Christ revealed to not to call anything unclean that he had called clean. And of course, that is the work of the gospel, that uh, things that were once unclean have now been called clean in Christ Jesus. And that's a truth that was applied to the Gentiles. So Peter was the first to discover it. He went into the home of Cornelius. He ate with Cornelius, mm-hmm. went in the presence you know, of Gentiles. Yeah. You know, he is uh, eating with Gentiles, but all of a sudden... You know, there are these legalistic, you know, heavy-handed, you know, self-righteous mm-hmm. people coming from Jerusalem. And mm-hmm. Peter says, I just don't want to fight with them, so I'm just going to blend in. Mm-hmm. And Paul said, oh, you've just betrayed the gospel. And even yeah. Barnabas got, you know, drawn away, yeah. living yeah. by fear rather than, you know, living, you know, living by grace. It is interesting there that when, and we've talked about it a little bit already today, but when Paul speaking about the gospel, he's applying it to how Peter was living. You know, we sometimes think of, you know, the gospel is just like what Christ has done for us, but there's also those implications of the gospel that impact how we live. And mm-hmm. and those are not, if we mm-hmm. are living in light of those implications properly, we're not living in light of, of the gospel. So I love that connection there, that what we believe about Christ obviously has a huge impact in the way that we live. Yeah, it says that in 14. Well, yeah. yeah, very much who we associate with. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the gospel does not, you know, uh, form barriers. It, uh, it tears them down. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we've already read Ephesians, yeah. which, you know, uh, mm-hmm. becomes, you know, much much later. But because we're reading Galatians again, we read it through, yeah. you know, the light of Ephesians, that he has torn down the wall of hostility and made the, the two one. And, of course, anything that pulls apart what God has joined together, mm-hmm. you know, is a front to his character and is a front, you know, to the, you know, to the gospels. That could be a hard one too. I, I don't know to um, to to stand against something like that. I mean, I feel like some of those subtle um, untruths or lies can seep in that um, even impact a whole church that you have to be aware yeah. of and, and really stand Legal, against. Legalism builds fences. Yeah, and the gospel tears them down. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, you know, legalism you know wants to be protective, so uh, mm-hmm. it puts extra rules in place in order. Mm-hmm. You know, to ensure purity in order to ensure all of those, you know, kind, you know, kinds of things, and of course, mm-hmm. the reputation that Jesus had, and, and something that we really need to, you know, remember because there's probably more legalists in, in, in all of us, and we're, mm-hmm. you know, really, you know, really willing to, you know, recognize. Yeah. Uh, the people who were most repelled by Jesus were those who were moralistic who were legalistic, mm-hmm. who 
uh, were hanging on, you know, to the letter of the law and forgetting the spirit of the law. Those who were most drawn to Jesus were those who were as far from God as, as possible. So when we're living in the light of the gospel, it, it is going to be unattractive to, you know, people who are moralistic and legalistic, but it's going to be deeply attractive uh, to those who are far from God as they see Jesus, because we'll have the character of Jesus. And I, I love the way that he you know, finishes this, for through the law I died to the law. Mm-hmm. What in the world does that mean? This is where the law led me. It led me to Christ. Mm-hmm. And it led me to lay aside you know, the law itself when the fullness of the law you know, was met in Christ. And of course, mm-hmm. that's what you know, Jesus said. Don't think that I've come uh, you know, to abolish the law. I've yeah. not come to abolish it. I've come to fulfill it. And by fulfilling it, he embodied everything in the law, and his righteousness is given to us. And he said, for through the law, I've died to the law so that I might live for God. I've been crucified with Christ. We, we share a common death, and then no longer live, but Christ lives in me. We share a common life. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, or the mm-hmm. Son of God working in and through me, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not, will not, cannot set aside the grace of God for if righteousness mm. be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. That's section. sad. Mm-hmm. Father, we thank you for the place uh, the law led us to mm-hmm. Christ so that we might be justified um, by faith in him. We thank you for your work in our life through the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you. We share in a common death. We have been crucified with Christ and a common life, the life we now live. Uh, we live by faith and the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. Mm -hmm. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.